Welcome to episode number 33 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series entitled, Finances Need Prayer and Faith. We've talked a lot about the significance of having prayer and faith go together in order to have a successful financial plan. My last week session had to do with the topic of hard work brings prosperity. That seemed to be, to me, after listening to it again, maybe a little challenging, maybe a little strong for some people. And I really felt led of the Holy Spirit to teach a different topic this week. And that has to do with the subject of financial planning needs rest. A day of rest is so important because the Lord mentions it in his word on several occasions. In the book of Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth and created everything that we know and we see. And on the seventh day, he had a day of rest. Let me me read it to you in Genesis chapter 2. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Then in the book of Exodus, we see explanation about hard work and working diligently and, and helping other people and planting your heart, your, your plants and you're expecting a harvest and all that stuff. And then it says in, in Exodus 23, chapter 23, verse 12, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you must stop working. Now today, we refer to that seventh day as being Sunday. And that's the day that we are supposed to go to the house of the Lord. It's a day of special time for families to be together and come together to the local church and worship our Lord and hear from his word, from our pastor or teaching of some type. So it's understood in the word of God that there needs to be a time of rest. There needs to be a time we can kind of take a break, if you will. In my years in banking, and I spent about 15 years working in the area of commercial lending and branch banking, and during that time, I met a lot of individuals, men and women alike, who owned businesses, or maybe they didn't own a business, they worked for someone else, and they would come in and tell me that they were working 60 to 70 to 80 hours a week, and they were struggling, trying to make enough money in order to get by. But they lost something significant in all that effort of hard work and planning and working on their finances and trying to improve themselves. Now, I'm certainly not a person who is lazy. I'm not a person who believes that you shouldn't work. I'm not a person who believes that 40 hours a week is enough and you don't need to put any other effort in. I feel just the opposite. I believe as a Christian, I should be the hardest working person for a company. I also believe that I should be the earliest one there and the last one to leave. And I believe that that's important. However, The Word of God teaches us that we need to take a break from certain activities. And I believe in the area of finances, there's a tremendous number of people who get wrapped up in money, finances. It's just money, money, money. There were several situations in my banking career. I'll refer to one right now without giving any names, but I had a gentleman who was an attorney. He was very successful. He was worth somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 or $20 million. And that echoes back many, many years ago. But he had a goal to become the wealthiest person ever in his family. So he set a goal of being worth $100 million someday. Now he was a 45-year-old man, 
and had great success, had a wonderful wife, and had some children, a couple children, I believe. And when him and I would go to lunch, though, it was just constant talk about making more, making more, making more money, and, and that he would not spend any time with his family. He wouldn't spend any time with his wife. They never went out on a date. They didn't go out on just walks or coffees or things of that sort. He would also never go to church because there just wasn't any time for it because he had to work seven days a week and 16 hours a day. So that's a little ridiculous, but in reality, that was his life. And God's word warns us that God needs to be first. He must always be our first priority in our life, even above our own family and our own spouse. Yeah, I believe that. First of all, let me explain to you why I feel that way. Well, God needs to be first because he's our source of everything. He's our source of happiness. He's our source of health. He's our source of prosperity. He's our source of goodness and righteousness and holiness. So why would you cut your source off? And I say that he needs to be first because if my relationship with God is right, and I call it in my counseling time with couples, if your relationships are right with God and they're in focus and they're proper, then your relationships here on earth will be fine. So we need to put God first in our financial planning. We need to be sure that he's right there. Then right after the Lord, if you're married, comes our spouse. And our spouse needs to be a vital part of our financial plan. A lot of men have a tendency to be kind of judgmental of the way money is being spent in the home and the way things are spent for things like decorations for the home or the amount of money they might spend on their clothing and their fashion statement or personal things that they like to have in their life. And then men will sometimes be upset with that, but then go out and spend a lot of money on a very expensive automobile or lots of fishing equipment or lots of golf equipment. And they don't, and the people don't talk about it. The couples don't seem to talk about how they should make decisions on their finances. So if you want to take some stress off of your financial planning in your marriage, then the two of you should sit down and pray first, right? And then have faith to believe that your prayers will come true. Sit down and set up a financial plan, putting God first, and then putting each other second, and then your children right after that, and then your work, and set up the priorities and get yourself in focus. A lot of times, if we're just trying to make money and more money and more money, we, we tend to think that, well, we're doing it for the good of the marriage or we're doing it for the good of our children or for the future of our children. But I don't think that that's necessarily true. Yes, we do need to get our kids taken care of. We need to provide a nice home. We need to provide nice a decent automobile to drive. We need to be able to pay for our kids' education in any way that we possibly can. And I believe there's a lot of those things that, that are, are required and you need to make money to do that. However, the number one source of our blessings, remember, come from God. So God has a set of priorities. He wants to be first. He wants our marriage to be second, our children next, and then work would come in after that. Now, I've talked enough about that, but I want to stress it because it's important that we don't get all hung up and all stressed out over talking about finances constantly and one person accusing the other person of making bad financial decisions in a marital relationship. Let me get back to the, the back. Let me get back to the story of the the attorney I talked about earlier, he wanted to have a goal of $100 million net worth. Now, that's a lot of money. And I don't begrudge him the fact that maybe he could make that much money. But his priorities were all messed up. And he didn't take a break from making money. So eventually, his wife left him. And his children had nothing to do with him. And now he's a very, very wealthy man, alone, by himself, someplace in a big house somewhere, very unhappy, with absolutely no relationship with family or friends. 
That's what usually happens when we don't take a break from pushing and pushing to have great financial success. So you may not have that problem. You may think this is a silly lesson for you, but I know that you know of someone who is obsessed with money. You might go out to lunch with them and find out that that's all they talk about. They might talk about how much money they need to get all these wonderful things or how much money they, they need to just save to save so it'll be great for retirement. Most of that is fine, but there has to be a balance in it. And so I guess this lesson might, might have been, should have been called a balance in your financial planning. But I like to refer to it as a day of rest because that's what the Lord did. And the Lord did the greatest thing we've ever seen, and that is create this amazing earth that we live on. And so with that in mind, let's look at the Word of God and see if there's other examples about having a break in our financial planning. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt under stress because of your financial planning? Have you ever felt that it's just simply not worth it and that there's just simply just too much pressure, too much worry, too much anxiety in trying to plan your financial future? Couples, have you ever had arguments about your finances? Individual people out there that are listening, single people, have you ever had discussions with other single individuals that you know or family or parents or friends and got into discussions that seemed to be just a little pressing, a little bit hard to understand? Have you ever felt that maybe you get a little jealous, and I hate to use that word, but it's happened to all of us, a little jealous over someone else being blessed financially more than you are? Well, I want to show you how we can get re- relieve that and not feel that incredible pressure and the challenges that we face and try to have a successful financial plan. Concerning every area of our life, the Word of God has an answer, has direction, has instruction, has advice and shows either great results or poor results of the way people have handled the advice that God gave them or the instructions or directions. So let's look at the words of Jesus that I found in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. I want to read a little bit slower than I usually do because I want you to let this soak in and and receive exactly what God has intended for you. If If you're especially, especially if you're struggling in the area of financial planning, Jesus said in verse 28 of chapter 11 in Matthew, Come to me. First of all, he wants us to stop whatever we're doing, turn around, and come to him. He says, All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Maybe I should take a second and explain the word yoke because some people may not understand it. And it has nothing to do, obviously, what you had for breakfast this morning. But it's, it's a symbolism. It's a spiritual symbolism. And the yoke has a connotation of being under burden or under pressure, or under stress or under trials and challenges. In some ancient cultures, it was traditional to force an individual, uh, your enemy, once you capture them, to pass beneath a symbolic yoke of, of swords or spears so that they would have to submit to that and show that they've been conquered. Well, The Lord has given us a light yoke, an easy yoke, meaning he basically loves us, cares for us, has mercy and grace to offer for us. He doesn't want to beat us up. He's not trying to conquer us. He's not trying to put us underneath his bondage or yoke, if you will, or that we would be under any kind of a yoke of bondage. Because financial planning can literally be bondage. It can be something that you think is under control. You think that everything's just fine, that you're handling things very, very well. 
but then all of a sudden you wake up one day and realize that's all I talk about. Let me ask you this question. When you go out with someone for coffee or out for lunch or for dinner or maybe you and your wife go somewhere, what's the conversation about? Is the conversation about making a lot of money? Is it the latest house that you've bought or the nicest cars you've had? And, and those things can be great and be wonderful, but is your focus primarily on talking about the financial pleasures that we have today? I know that in the area that I live here in North Scottsdale, there's a lot of folks that are very impressed with their wealth and they're very proud of it and very happy to have it. But And that's fine to a certain degree if they know Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and they're putting him first and they've placed God first in their life and they're giving of what they have back to help the work of the Lord and to even reach out and help others, then everything is in balance. Then their wealth is not overwhelming them. They're not underneath a yoke of bondage to money and the pressures of money. And then there are those people that, that I know I've been out with a lot of people over the years, especially in my banking career and my real estate development business, that really were just obsessed with money. Every conversation was money. It was the stock market. It was the bond market. It was real estate investments. It was all types of company investments. And it just went on and on and on. So examine what you talk about and think about how you look at finances. Now, I'm not trying to draw you away from financial planning because that's crucial. But I, And I don't want you to think that, it's, it, that you should spend just a tiny little bit of time working in the area of finances because we need to have balance in our life. We need to sit down and prepare a budget. Pray about what we're doing, asking God to help and direct us, believing in faith that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can imagine or even think. Now, when we do that, we transfer that pressure out of our life and it literally goes into to the feet of Jesus. We take it to the throne of God and say, I'm feeling a lot of pressure and I need to release this. So Jesus came in this teaching and he said, what? Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And that may be purely in the area of finances. And he says, and I will give you rest. You see, Jesus wants to remove that burden from us. He wants to take it from us. Now, some of you might be saying, well, how can Jesus remove my financial burden if I'm in trouble financially? He's not going to write me a check. Well, are you sure of that? Now, let me, let me qualify that. Let me explain what I meant by that. Are you sure that he won't write you a check? For example, regardless of how much money that you have, where your finances are today, you should always place your finances in God's hand and trust him to bless you and to guide you and help you make good decisions. Now that starts, I believe, by giving a percentage of what you make to the Lord. Now the Lord loves a cheerful giver, it says in the Word of God, but it also talks in the Word of God about tithing, giving what you have. Some people think that tithing, that's 10% of your income, is Old Testament, doesn't apply anymore, and it's meaningless. Well, it's never meaningless when we give to God, whether we give 10% or 9% or 12%, whatever it might be, that's not the key. It's to have a cheerful heart and desire to give of our finances to God. When we do that, we take ourselves out of our own realm of financial planning and we go into God's realm of financial planning. God's realm wants to bless us in all things. God's realm wants to prosper us in all things, that we should prosper in all things and be in good health even as our soul prospers. When we get into God's realm of blessing, and I believe giving up our finances up front, first to God, and then living on what we, everything else that we have left uh, to, to spend in our own life, that's 90% or more of what we have, we're putting God first. We're trusting Him. And I believe when we do that, we become a better manager of our funds. When, when we give away $10, that's $10 we don't have anymore, or $100, that's $100 we don't have anymore. It's gone. 
that will make us a better steward or a better manager of what we have left. So think about that. When we put God God first in our finances, then he takes on the pressure and the responsibility to live up according to his word, what he said. It says in the word of God, give your finances to the Lord and see if he will not pour out a blessing that you can't contain. I know that's in the book of Malachi, but that's still in the word of God and it's still very vital to our financial planning today. So we want to remove that pressure. And when I say that Jesus will write a check back to you, that check may be in the form of peace. That check may be in the form of a happy life or a good marriage or great kids or a balanced life or activity in your church where you're blessing other people. It's it's a whole life experience. It's not just simply get saved, get saved, make more, make more, be richer than the guy next door. That's not what God wants and that is not God's plan. So we read on where Jesus said, take my yoke upon you because what he wants you to take really is his blessing and his mercy and his goodness and his kindness and his righteousness. That's his yoke. Let me teach you. See, a lot of folks don't realize that Jesus can teach us these things. People come to me with financial problems all the time and they'll say, I don't know what to do. I'm going to lose my house or my business or is there any way you can help me do this or do that? And I try to help them as best that I can. And I've been doing that for a long time as a banker and as a pastor and as a teacher and now counseling in the area of finances based upon the Word of God. That's something I love to do and I'm happy to do. But I generally start off by saying, well, what does God's Word have to say about your finances? And usually they just look at me and think, I don't know. And they'll look at me and say, well, I haven't really looked in the Word of God to see what his direction would be. Well, there's instructions throughout the entire Word of God. Matter of fact, let me just give you an example. You know, If you know anybody who's struggling with their finances, and maybe you are, then I would suggest you go to Proverbs chapter 3 and just read it over and over and over again. Tremendous advice and wisdom is in that particular chapter of the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, and will give you help and direction in your finances. So he says, let me teach you. God's word is there to teach us. Then he says, because I am humble and gentle at heart. He says, I'm not going to beat you up. <laughs> Jesus is basically saying, I want to I want to be a blessing to you. A lot of folks struggle with putting their finances in God's hands because they think God wants them to go broke, I guess. I think they think sometimes that, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it my way because I know that, that I can control it and I can do the best and all that stuff. Well, and they're afraid that maybe if they start giving to the Lord, that somehow they're going to go bankrupt, that God wants them to go bankrupt and to be poor. That is not at all God's plan for us. He has no desire for us to go bankrupt. He has no desire for us to live in poverty. He wants to bless us in all things. He says, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Wow, rest for our souls. There's a lot of folks today that just are not at peace and rest in their souls because they're so buried in the challenges of today, whether it be physical problems, a marital issue, a children, whether a work condition, finances, health issues, whatever it might be, they, they need comfort in their souls. And so Jesus is giving us this amazing advice in the Word of God that he wants to comfort us. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. What burden does Jesus give us? Just simply to love him. And I don't think that's a burden. Jesus wants us to put him first in everything that we do. And the burden that he has is light. 
he basically says, whatever you need, I'll bear it for you. If you're in the middle of a battle with someone, a financial battle or a dispute or whatever it might be, Jesus wants to fight our battles for us. Well, he'll do that if we turn it over to him through prayer and having faith. He'll fight our battles for us. It reminds me of the story one time of a man that was trying to sue me for a home that I had built him. And it was a beautiful, beautiful home, but he was threatening me with lawsuits and all this stuff. And so I just prayed for him. The Bible said, pray for those who despite use you and even says and those who abuse you or take advantage of you so I prayed for him I prayed for him every day and then one day he stopped and he, he said well I have no other choice but to sue you so he set up a meeting with me and his attorney and said okay we're gonna we're gonna fight this thing out in court and I just said fine I'll be happy to meet with you so we met and I've been praying for him and my wife and I've been praying for him. It really was not a big deal. I mean, he just simply was getting bad advice from people. I built him a beautiful home that he was living in. And it was literally, quite frankly, it was literally the showplace of the subdivision that he lived in. And it was extremely well built. So we sat down and he looked at me and, and said, well, we're just here because we need to settle this thing. And then all of a sudden he stopped and he said, you know, I don't think I can do this, and I don't think that I want to do this, and I don't think that I should do this. But when he said that, his attorney looked at him and said, but why are we here? I thought we were here to serve papers on him, that we were going to go after him, we were going to sue him for all kinds of things. And I believe this man, who was a Christian, I don't know about the attorney's life, but the man that was thinking of suing me was a Christian, and he realized he wasn't going to gain anything out of this, and I wasn't going to gain anything out of this, and so we just settled the dispute quickly. So let me give you a little advice about dispute. Disputes. The Word of God says, settle disputes quickly. If you'll do that, and if we'll just all do that, things will settle so much faster and so much more at peace. And a lot of pressure and a lot of stress that we put on ourselves to, to take care of financial issues or whatever it might be will be relieved. So let's just listen to the words that Jesus said. I'm going to read that verse, a couple of those verses, once again, a little slower because I've talked a lot about what they're saying. So now just take it in and receive this and put it in. Let it apply to you. Let, let these words apply to you, whatever you're going through in your finances so you can take a rest from all that and then have, be fresh and start all over again. Here we go. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Wow. That is, that's just peaceful. Just, just reading that and say, Father, I receive that. That is for me, whenever I'm in the midst of pressure or weary or hairy, heavy laden, it says, or carry heavy, heavy burdens, whenever I feel that in my life, I'm going to come to you with this word, your promise. Now that we've done that, now that we've put ourselves in a position to be at peace and be at rest, we become available to be blessed of the Lord. You know, when you're in the middle of stress and anxiety and pressure and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden it's removed and it's taken away, and that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to remove the stress and the burden of all of our financial challenges. And so when we yield to him, when we pray, and then we trust him, through faith in his word and what his word tells us, then we will have peace. And what does the Bible call it? It's called the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that peace will guard our hearts 
and our minds in Christ Jesus. So we can receive peace. Now when you receive peace, you've got a new lease on life. Once we, we've rested, we start fresh. It's it's sometimes when I'm working hard, I'm going at it all day long, I, get, I put in a big old day of maybe 16 hours or 17 hours, I'm going straight, I'm doing these podcasts, I'm writing on some of my new books, met with people and counseled them, and had a really full day in the Lord. I get tired, and all of us do. But when I go to bed, and rest and I wake up the next morning, it's like everything is new and fresh again because God can make things new and he does make things new. He makes you new. If you're under bondage and pressure right now, under stress and financial problems, and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, then then find your rest in him. Find a day of rest. Find a time of rest. I suggest it be at your local church. I suggest it be a time of just reading his word. I suggest it be a time of just praying. And if you don't know what to pray, and maybe you're, you're not the kind of person that can pray for more than two or three minutes, you run out of words, just simply close your eyes and just think on the goodness of God and think what he's done for you. Be thankful for what he's done. We can find rest in being thankful. It's, it's hard to be frustrated and all upset if we truly say, Lord, thank you for who you are, for what you've done in my life. I give you praise. The Bible tells us to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. And sometimes we just need to sit back, close our eyes, and if we don't know what to say as far as eloquent prayers or things of that nature, we just simply want to thank God for who he is, for what he's done in your life. Thank him for your salvation. Thank him for, if you're married, your spouse. Thank him for peace that he gives you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never committed your life to him, then I want to take a moment right now and make sure that you have made that commitment. So if you don't know Jesus, that means you're not sure if you're going to heaven. You're just not sure. You, you, you wonder, you're hoping, but you're not sure. Well, you don't have to close out this podcast with any doubt in your mind as to whether you're going to go to heaven or not. You just simply have to say, Father, I'm sorry for the sins in my life. I'm sorry for the sins that I've committed. I know that Jesus is the Son of God and that he's gave his life for me. And so, Father, this day, I ask you to forgive me from my sins and cleanse me, Lord, from all unrighteousness. And I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I promise to serve him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you've just prayed the greatest prayer you can ever pray. If you've never prayed that before and you've never given your life to Christ, then then it's important that you find a good church to attend. You've given your life to Christ. You have become a new person. You're a new creation in Christ. We use the phrase, the term, you're born again, which means you're now born in the Spirit. I believe you need to find a good church, get yourself a good Bible and read it, and be faithful to the house of God. Find a good pastor that you can talk to and, and be taught, and get, get into classes and Bible studies that, that help you understand what the Word of God has to say. So I'm going to wrap up this session at this time because I really believe we have found rest in, in God's word and rest from our financial planning. Can't, I can't close this session without reading you something that I just thought of in my heart. I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to me, found in Psalm 127. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Listen to this when it comes to your, your efforts and your plans for financial success. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, Guarding it with sentries will do no good. Verse 2, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. It's powerful to understand and see how God's word gives us help and instruction. Just take those words today and realize that God wants to bless you. He wants to provide for your needs. And he'll also 
give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in him. So with this, I'm just going to pray for you and close out this session. Father, I pray blessing upon everyone that's listened today. I truly believe there's a message in here for people who are serious planners and those are kind of on the edge and for people that kind of overdo it and that they're just a little bit too obsessed with finances, there needs to be a balance in their life. And I pray that you would reveal that balance to them, Lord. I pray that couples would pray together about their finances and pray for each other and lift each other up. I pray that single people would find a good friend to pray with, someone who loves God, that they can have a source of agreement and someone who can stand alongside of them and give them help, guidance, and direction. Now, Father, bless them, Father, in all they do. And I'll thank you for it. And I'll give you praise for who you are and for what you've done through this teaching today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you've received something special from today's teaching. And so if you're interested in getting more information on what I've written about and on my former other podcasts, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you get or listen to your podcasts. In addition to that, if you'd like to get some of the written materials that I have, I've written several books on the subject of faith and finances and miracles and health. And I've even written a few books on my experiences in Vietnam. So if you'd be interested in getting that, I have one particular book I just finished entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. As a matter of fact, I think the first 20 or 22 podcasts that I made had to do with Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. If you're interested in any of that material, you can visit my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get onto that and click onto that, you'll see a place where you can subscribe to my new weekly newsletter that I'll be coming out here in the next 30 days or so. And I pray that all that will be a blessing to you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And I pray that you'll prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled How to Avoid Financial Greed. Greed is probably one of the most dangerous things we can have in our financial plan. There's been movies about it. There's been TV programs about it. There's documentaries on it. But more importantly, God's Word has numerous examples of how to avoid avoid greed. So I'm looking forward to it. Matter of fact, I'm very excited about the next upcoming sessions. I may speak a couple of weeks on greed. We'll just see how the Lord directs. So until next time, may God richly bless you.